Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Lori Michelle Levitt about her book, The Pivot, Orchestrating Extraordinary Business Momentum. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Lori Michelle Levitt, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks, John. I'm happy to be here. It is a pleasure to be with you today. You're joining us from Washington. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about several things, um, starting with a focus on this big idea around the big pivot. Uh, We're going to be talking about your book, The Pivot, Orchestrating Extraordinary Business Momentum, uh, which I'm excited to explore with you. But you have a number of other um, elements in your work that I think are going to be really important to draw out and discuss. So I'm really excited for the conversation that we're going to have today. As we get started, I wanted to share Lori's bio with everybody. Lori Michelle Levitt cares about business vibrancy and great leadership. She is the pivot catalyst. According to Lori, a leader's role is to set direction and to orchestrate change through many shifts by many people. This requires every person to be inspired by vision and purpose, know how their role fits in the strategy, and to feel safe to speak up and to take action. She founded Average Corp in 2001 and has pivoted over the years to best catalyze momentum for leaders and their teams. A bridge is a software consulting and coaching company. Lori's books focus on generating extraordinary momentum in business and life. Her leadership services are delivered through business and performance coaching, leading peer groups, and consulting for M&A due diligence and turnarounds. Lori's book, The Pivot, Orchestrating Extraordinary Business Momentum, presents an effective methodology for anyone aspiring to be a powerful leader in this unprecedented 21st century global economic reality. Her newest book, Pivot to Clarity, is your guide to being clear so that your bold vision and strategy can be brilliantly executed. And I could go on and on. A wonderful background. You're you're doing so many really great things. Anything else, Lori, you would like to specifically mention uh, or provide it by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? No, the only thing that I would mention is that if you're wanting to remember me, just think of the pivot catalyst or pivot catalyst and you will find me. Well, let's start then with, really, you have a couple books here, but let's start with this idea of the pivot catalyst and your book, The Pivot. Um, tell us a little bit more about why this book, um, and we can start to dig into some of the, the core elements there. Yes. So the idea for that book, well, ideas for the book come really early, but the idea for that book for me came in 2013 
well before the media was using the term pivot so often, well before the pandemic. And why I wrote the book is because when you're when you're leading an organization, a pivot is something that you need to orchestrate and you need to prepare for in advance. It's always talked about something very quick and the decision to pivot to quit is quick. But the awareness that you need to pivot is rarely quick. It was in the pandemic, but rarely is it quick. And the actual seeing those outcomes of these changes by many shifts by many people over time is not quick. And so what you want to do as a, as a leader is prepare your, your culture, prepare your organization so that everyone within the organization can make those shifts on their own, which then creates this larger shift or pivot, a significant change. Creating that groundwork, uh, I think, is super important because the reality is change is inevitable. It's it's more and more constant. Uh, so pivoting is just the name of the game. Everyone's going to need to be able to do it uh, and, and be more effective um, and doing it in a healthy way to help the organization succeed uh, as we move into the future of work. And yet still resistance to change remains, you know, one of the biggest challenges that leaders face as they're trying to pivot. Uh, and so creating that culture, creating that groundwork, having the mechanisms in place um, to, to really support this type of change culture you're describing, I think is just really, really essential. It means you have to be really proactive. You can't wait to be reactive to the types of changes that are kind of thrust upon you. You have to be very proactive. You have to be working on this in advance of anything happening so that when it does happen, you're ready to hit the ground running and people uh, have the skill sets and the tools necessary to be able to do this, right? You're absolutely right. And think about the words you chose. So you're talking about the future and preparing for the future. And what this is, is it's leadership, not management. And the difficulty we have and I'm saying we, you know, all leaders is that we really, we wait till there's something to manage, till there's something to solve, till there's something to fix, though there's someone to fix. And, and it's, it's, it's difficult to get on our calendars because we don't have this consistent rhythm of the things that require leadership. And leadership takes time. You're not going to get up in front of everyone and all of a sudden tell them that you are a caring, understanding, listening leader if you have not been a caring, understanding, listening leader yesterday, the day before, the day before, and the day before. So your approach, you know, really is about the long-term perspective around leadership as opposed to this, the short-term managerial administrative tasks and like try to get stuff done today. Uh, anyone can do that. Uh, you know, you can, you can dangle carrots and sticks and use fear-based tactics and you get people to do stuff in the short term, but trying to get people to really um, creatively and innovatively lean into the future and, and put their best work in um, regardless of the, the the challenging circumstances around them, fostering commitment, fostering loyalty and engagement, all of that can only come as you take a longer term approach uh, towards your leadership um, and creating this kind of culture. Uh, do you want to speak more to that in how that kind of an approach can help us build the type of business momentum you talk about in your book and in some of your other offerings? Yeah, there's a word you used, commitment which I love because what we hear most often about is buy-in. Buy-in is also reactive. We have had this great 
idea or place we want to go. And we are managing the um, incentives, um, the work, so that people buy in to what we're saying to, to do. But the, the energy and the power behind commitment or someone is thinking on their own, thinking into the future. Okay, well, I did this yesterday. This is what I'm clear about where our organization is going. So what do I think we might do tomorrow? And what it requires in order to do that is a place where they feel safe to do something differently, where they absolutely know their manager has their back and wants them to be successful, even if successful means somewhere else within the organization. And that, what I'm talking about now, is usually where every leader, if they want to create this change to a state of what I called aligned momentum, it's when organizations have both alignment and momentum together, is when they see this breakthrough performance, which again, we think we're managing to performance we want breakthrough to performance, so we need to put leadership into it. And the, the greatest leaders we've seen, the ones that have made significant change in their businesses, have started with culture. And it's usually a, um, it used to be, and it still is in some cases, a, a difficult and, and unfavorable with shareholders stance to take, because it is not short term. It does not result in short-term, more favorable results, typically. A good example is Satya Nadella. I mean, the first thing he did was say, okay, so this is where I want us to be in the future. What's getting in the way? And peeling that back and coming to the point that says, you know what, a big thing that's getting in the way is competition. So how, how do I shift our organization from a competitive internal and external organization to one that is collaborative. That's a culture change. And that's what he did first. Yeah, and I think you're, you're talking about aligned momentum, uh, really uh, interesting concept. Can you give us, you know, some of the key elements of that? You, you described it a little bit. Let's unpack yes. that a little bit. What are some of those key elements um, of how we achieve aligned momentum, because, you know, it sounds like a really great idea. So I want to understand that better. Yes, because I am someone who likes to get beyond the, the great idea, the good to do to, okay, why am I doing this? Because we really do care about bottom line results. So how do I know, how do I even know if I'm making progress toward this? And progress toward being in the state of alignment and momentum means that you are prepared for a more a better future and for brilliant execution of the strategy that you come up with for that better future. So I boiled this down to three key alignment indicators for each of those better future and brilliant execution. And, and it wasn't that I said, oh, gosh, I need three of each because three is this magical number that we remember. It just worked out that way. And I have been doing measurement all my life. And that is how we measure progress. This isn't about end results, it's about progress. So what you see when you have both alignment and momentum in place 
are for the brilliant future are clarity, mastery mindsets, that means like growth mindsets, and nimble decision-making, which typically involves some collaboration, some involvement, those, those many shifts by many people. Um, those three actually are putting you in a position that you are knowing that if you have these three, you are likely going to get good execution, maybe even brilliant if they're really, you know, running on all cylinders. And then the next three are strategic thinking, talent adaptability, and managers as coaches. So coaching. Managers are only coaches, but they have some coaching skills and they actually like people. You know, these are some things that are, are required. And those three will help position you for a better future, better future. And I am really thinking about talent adaptability right now, because that's what many leaders that I'm working with are grappling with right now. You know, how, how do they, how do they even know? what they're going to need in the future. And if they have an idea, how are they going to motivate people to change the way, what they're doing now and get the talents that are going to be needed in the future? It's a very, it, it's a challenge. And, and yet all of all six of those are required to be in this glorious state where alignment and momentum are in place together. Yeah. And that alignment, I think is so so important. You've talked about clarity as, or you've talked about culture as well, quite a bit. And you've also alluded to this idea of clarity. Um, so let's bring this all together. How does workplace culture affect clarity and vice versa? Um, how, you know, I, I see it as like, not necessarily a Venn diagram, but maybe a, a mutually reinforcing spiral of sorts where you have this momentum and this culture and this clarity, hopefully all simultaneously, uh, reinforcing the others how do you see it and and how do those affect each other yeah and and i'll just i'm just going to backtrack a little bit to to give people an idea of the the thoughts behind my book so the first book um the pivot orchestrating extraordinary momentum was about this concept of aligned momentum and examples of organizations when they had that in place and when they didn't and 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 why it's it's important and now there are, and, and out of that came six aligned momentum key indicators. And now I'm in the process of writing those six books. And the first one I wrote was on clarity because it is so critical. It is not only one of the aligned momentum key indicators, it's also a stage if you don't have that safe place. And then if you don't have clarity, you really can't move forward. And clarity for me is in two parts. One is you as as the leader or whomever is coming up with a vision it could be as the ceo of your life need to get clear about what you want and when i say clear in that context in that getting clear context it's not clear equals knowing because we can't know the future i mean no one does and and so it's it's clear in that it feels like this is where you want to be in the future. It's more of a, um, it's more of a intrinsic feeling when you get there. I, I describe it in the book as a yes, a yes exclamation point of a, you know, the hairs rise up in your arms and you're like, yes, 
that's that's what I want the future to hold. And once you've gotten clear, then how on earth do you communicate it to others in a way that they get clear in the same way? We so often as leaders spent, spend days, weeks, our whole role throughout the year strategically. And so we get it. And then we put it in a budget. We explain it once. We provide some specific tasks or goals. You know, none of those are inspired. None of those are getting to that place where this other person gets to that point of, yes, I get it. I get how I fit. I know where I want to go. So it's getting clear and then it's being clear in a way that others can get clear. And the, getting it in the way that others can get clear as well. I think that's a really important piece, right? Um, it, I mean, it's really important for us to have that clarity. Um, but as we're striving for influence and impact in our leadership and in the work that we do, we also have to meet other people where they're at. And we have to be able to communicate in a way that they're going to be able to hear and receive it. Uh, and so we have to have clarity and communicate that in such a way that it can reach the people that we're trying to reach. Otherwise, you know, it's like the the tree falling in a forest and no one's around to hear it fall. Um, and so, you know, all of these things, none, nothing that we're saying here is rocket science. Like all, none of this what? is like super, super crazy complex, yet it's incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult because we're dealing with human beings that are inherently messy, uh, that have ingrained baggage and biases and, and ways we, you know, our lenses and the way we uh, view and interpret the world around us. Uh, and it, that just makes this so complicated. It makes it so um, challenging. But if we can be consistent in our efforts towards, you know, holding the mirror up in front of us to have some critical, you know, serious self-reflection on a regular basis, having open dialogue and communication with our people uh, where we, like you've said a, a few times, where we make it safe for them to challenge, to push back, uh, to speak up, to speak out. Um, when we can create that kind of a psychologically safe dynamic where we can have clear, open communication that really enhances the the chance, the opportunity of us getting connection and, 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 and having clarity around the communication so we can have clarity around our culture and we can have clarity around our alignment uh, and, and ultimately drive great success. Yes. And in all of that, consistent is a, a very critical word, which is why I keep creating tools and methods so that, so that those in manager roles, which includes the CEO, CEO is a manager, anyone who who is the one that's helping to allocate work for for others and quote lead teams is in a manager role. They need a system, a consistent way that they do these things. And not a it's not a project. It's not a once and done. It's not an initiative. There might be initiatives involved in it to move to another level, but but practicing these things requires consistency. Of, of people who are developing as leaders and have been placed in the role because they are experts, operationally savvy, wonderful for for leading many organizations in, in that particular life cycle where operational ex excellence is what you want. And, and yet they struggle with, well, now what I'm supposed to do as a leader doesn't seem busy or you know or it doesn't it doesn't feel like what i'm used to doing 
and and so they're still stepping in and wanting to solve the projects and wanting to you know they have difficulty delegating let other other people do it because they haven't filled it yet with all of these wonderful positively influential impactful things that you can be doing as a leader that will have the outcomes and much better outcomes than if you hopped in and did it yourself. Yeah, and that it really is a challenging thing. Sometimes it's an ego-driven thing, but I think often it's really just a desire to help. Um, and you, you you have some expertise and you see people struggling, so you want to step in. It's like the parent, the helicopter parent who, who's trying to help and protect their kids. You know, it, as a leader, it can be really tempting, even if you have no intention of micromanaging or anything like that, it can be really tempting to step in and, and that really undermines your people's um, development. It, it undermines their ability uh, and the broader culture um, that you're trying to set. So you can unwittingly be undermining your own credibility and the very culture that you're trying to establish um, simply because you're trying to help. Uh, so be thoughtful about that. Be careful about that for sure. Um, and I'm wondering now, maybe we can spend the last few minutes of our time together. We can talk a little bit more about some of the tools that you've created. I know that's something you've focused a lot of your time and effort on um, with the Abridge software. Um, tell us a little bit more about, you know, how the tools out there uh, and the approaches, this, the frameworks that you utilize can help us as we're trying to find this alignment, this clarity, and, and to have momentum. Thank you for asking. So Abridge Corp is the entity and the tool that I'm talking about or enterprise software is called Aligned Momentum. It's as simple as that because that's what it's about. Aligned Momentum is what you're wanting. And what I looked at was what are the things that we're already doing in performance management, because that's been my space for a very long time, that need to change so that we now have transformed performance management to performance momentum? What? What do we need to do? And so I call it a leadership operating system. So not, not an entrepreneurial operating system, not management. It's about leadership. So how do I just tweak the things I do so that it's not this brand new box, the, the things organizations and managers do to really create that consistent leadership? So one is, let's start with the creation of strategy. The thing that I said that we often do is that we come up with the strategy and then we piecemeal it out in what we think people should be doing. I don't know, John. So how often have you worked with a leadership team that actually knows how the work is being done and what the best thing to do next is? Yeah, I mean, very rarely. They're just they're a level or two disconnected, right, from the the line work that's happening. And so, again, best intentions there, but often they don't really know the nitty gritty of how it's happening. Right. And and so the next thing that we do in an effort to be better at this is at the strategic planning session, we bring in people with their reports and their research of where they think we should go next. But really the the the, the small shift that needs to happen is, and this is what we approach first in the building of strategy, is that yes, in the leadership team, we first 
um, or whoever you, you bring together to do strategy for the entire organization, come up with some idea of how you're going to measure progress toward the strategic objectives you want to see, but do so knowing that you don't actually know how to measure that progress and broadcast that out to those that are closer to the work so that they can say, yes, we can be part of this. And this is how we would measure it for our division or department or business unit. So customer service is going to have different measures, but that are all lined toward the same strategic objective than finances, than operations is, than sales is, but it's going to make sense to them. And then when they're creating their goals, there's this alignment with the goals to the strategic objectives. And then when a person is creating their priorities, there's right alignment between their priorities, what they have to do day to day that has nothing to do really with strategic objectives because there's other work to be done, but also bring in what they're doing that aligns with that goal that then they know aligns with the strategy of this organization. So like that, the other key, and I, I, I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'll just say the other key point is in assessing the culture and assessing the culture in the way that the leadership team is prepared and ready to respond. <laughs> you don't just throw it out and then have gather all this information for your use and do nothing with it. Stop that. And the assessment needs to make sense and it needs to fit with all of this. So, you know, the assessment for different organizations will be different. For, there are some similarities. The similarities are asking peers how, how it's working with their other peers, um, even if it's just with respect to performance and values. How do you think those around you, scale of one to 10, are, you know, those that you're working with doing in their performance, how are they doing in the values? All de-identified. But then the managers who are trained to also have some coaching skills will see if someone's trend is going up and down and could talk to them about it. And maybe they had something you know, horrible happen in their life, so performance has gone down because they're distracted, even though they're there at work. Uh, my mother passed away. I, I'm hugely distracted. I know I am distracted. If I were in a corporate environment right now, I would be covering it up and still looking busy, right? But we aren't. We're human. And so performance would go down. But if you don't do things like this, like these ongoing assessments and watching for trends and actually talking to people, then you just think, oh, well, that person's no longer performing out. So th th those are just a couple ideas within this, this software that allows managers to have this consistent, um, better way to lead in addition to manage. I love it, Lori. This has just been a really great conversation. So many different things that we've touched on. And I love your books. Uh, and the software is a great tool. And again, provides a lot of uh, ways of thinking and the frameworks around how we uh, we can do this in our own leadership approach and style. Uh, Lori, it's been a real pleasure. I know the time and I do need to let you go here in just a moment. But before we get going uh, for the rest of our day, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, where they can find your books, your tools, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Absolutely. So um, one, I'm on LinkedIn with my name, Lori Michelle Levitt, and Michelle is spelled with one L. You can see my name on my website and the easiest 
way to remember getting to my website is thepivotcatalyst.com. And if you're looking for me on social, just look for Pivot Catalyst, Instagram, Twitter, etc. Um, you'll find on the Pivot Catalyst site how to get to my books. So I won't go through all those <laughs> URLs for you. You will also find a way to get to Aligned Momentum and the leadership peer groups I run. So everything is on that, that main site. And if I were to leave um, your listeners with anything, it is going back to what you said that, that truly, I think there are very few bad managers. I think that there are many people who are doing their best. And right now, how we have defined and incentivized and prepared them with tools for what best is, is just managing work. And so consider what you might do next to weave in more consistent leadership so that you can prepare your organization to get to the state of aligned momentum and be ready at any point for a pivot. That's the name of the game moving forward. Uh, again, thank you, Lori. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage my audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Lori can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.